Good morning. It's a Monday, and we welcome you to Kale and Company Live here on WKXL 1450. On the AM dial, 103.9 FM in the Capital Region, 101.9 FM in the Manchester area and beyond, and streaming around the clock on nhtalkradio.com. That's also where you can find some previous uh, Kale and Company live shows and uh, the other great shows on this radio station, including the shows that uh, Matt Robeson and Paul Hodes do in the afternoon between uh, 4 and 6 here on WKXL. So uh, lots to listen to on nhtalkradio.com, live like we are, or uh, some of the interviews that have done have been done previously. Uh, we have a very special guest in studio on this uh, edition of Kale and Company Live, and she's been with us on WKXL uh, before. So joining us for this edition of Kale and Company Live is the Executive Director of the League of New Hampshire Craftsmen, Miriam Carter. Miriam, welcome back. Thanks, Ken. It's a great pleasure of mine to be here today. Well, it's always great to have you with us, and, and when you are with us, it means <laughs> that the League of New Hampshire Craftsmen's Fair is just about to get underway. And this will be the 89th? 89th. It's amazing. Number 89. And <laughs> you made it through COVID. We did. Yeah. We did. And we're still we're still finding our way through that time and, and uh, producing events. We're so grateful that we have a fabulous outdoor um, event versus indoors. So last year was successful. And I'm counting on the same response to this year's event. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this is number 89, as, as we mentioned. And it is set for August 6th through the 14th at the uh, Mount Sunapee Resort in uh, Newbury. So the countdown is underway. Thousands of people will shortly be uh, making their plans to descend upon uh, uh, Newbury. How many people do you generally draw throughout the week? Uh, basically 20,000 plus. Wow. A total. So that, that is really it's something. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, and we're, you know, when I first took on this job, I, someone said, oh, you, you have the league, excuse me, you have the state's um, iconic summertime event. And I came yeah. to understand and appreciate that when I produced my first fair. And um, years later, I'm still appreciating people plan for this. It's multi-generational. We have families that have been coming with their children for years, and now those children are adults and are bringing their children, so it's really quite special. It's something that has been passed along throughout the uh, generations, and uh, so this is the 89th uh, Craftsman's Fair, and your organization has been around, what, 90 years? 90 years, 90 yeah. years. So I know you're working on the centennial. <laughs> I, I know you are. I, I heard that from a reliable source. Or, or at, least, at least you'll be getting started pretty soon. Yeah, who knew that it actually takes 10 years to plan for a centennial, but multiple sources have been telling me that. I right, think, you know, right. I think it's an opportunity for a, a tabletop book or something interesting to tell the story of the league, which is really quite an important story. Well, every year you seem to bring on some nuances, some new new things that happen at the Craftsman's Fair. What's what's new this year? Well, as you know, we're we're an event for everyone, but we really appreciate families bringing their children, and we've wanted to have a scavenger hunt for years, and if we oh, finally really? put together one um, for kids, it's going to be really fun. They'll really get to go over the entire property to different venues, meet different artists, um, answer some questions. They'll have a special sheet that they have to have uh, filled out and then they get to pick a very special um, 
a prize, I guess, from one of our artists. We had a lot of artists donate work. And um, someone who's participating in this can go home with a special piece. And there's an incredibly fun badge that they get, the Scavenger Hunt badge from the League of New Hampshire Craftsmen. So for kids of all ages, but mostly <laughs> under 16, we're encouraging um, to come on up and learn about craft. But you can be over 16. Absolutely. Uh, all right. Boy, that is, that is terrific. So something that you've wanted to see for a long time. Yeah. it's. I think one of the things that's very sweet about this event is that it's our opportunity to let people learn about craft at any age. There's demonstrations. There's also hands-on. Yeah. Um, so basically, anyone who wants to have that experience can come. In addition, there's incredible exhibitions there, as well as all those craftsmen who bring their incredible work and are happy to sell it to people. And uh, virtually everything you see there is available for sale, correct? Absolutely. Yeah. And, the, and the benefit of this, you know, we don't consider this a shopping event, although some people say it is, but it's really, it's the fundraiser for the League of New Hampshire Craftsmen, and yeah. our job is to support craftspeople. So they come with their work and they sell it. And the best part of this experience is the guests who come to the event actually get to talk to the artists build a connection so that when I have my cup of coffee in the morning and I'm drinking in a mug from one of our makers, let's say Andy Hampton, who's here locally, I just think of my interactions with Andy and um, it's it's better tasting coffee for that that benefit. And, and that's the unique thing. I mean, you get an opportunity to chat with the, the craftsmen uh, who have uh, produced the product that you have, whether it be a, a coffee mug or some a work of art that you have in your home or, or your office. I, I mean, it makes such a difference knowing uh, that, uh, you know, it's uh, generally speaking a New Hampshire craftsman for one thing and one that you might have had the opportunity to chat with. You know, it's interesting. I was um, I live over in the western part of New Hampshire, and I was swimming the other day in Dublin Lake, and I came upon two individuals, and we started chatting, and the gentleman told me that uh, he loved the League of New Hampshire Craftsmen and that he had bought a special piece. He came to our other event, in the, which is in the fall, the Capital Arts Fest, mm -hmm. yeah. and bought a little carved mouse. And I said, oh, you bought that mouse from Lori Nichols, who's a longstanding member. He said, yeah. He said, I just, I just appreciate the creativity, and it's like the best little creature. I don't know how she created it, but it's amazing. So, it, and, he, and it you know, grown adult male, but he was just so charmed by her work yeah. um, that he, you know, remembered her. And as soon as I named her, uh, he was like, yeah, this, that's her. So it's a, it's a great opportunity to have things in your home and in your life that have meaning and significance and also to give to other people. All right. And, uh, and, and you say it, it's, you know, not really considered a, a shopping event, but, you know, many thousands of people have over the years uh, gotten a lot of uh, uh, great items, great works of art uh, at the Craftsman's Fair. And uh, they're, they're so unique. And I, I always say and I always think, you know, uh, you want to give a unique gift and, and this is the place to go to, to get them and uh, Absolutely. have an opportunity to talk with the people who uh, have uh, worked uh, so long and so hard in creating them. And, uh, and it was also something very, very unique and uh, something that you're, you're not going to get everywhere. Yeah. And, and it's truly New Hampshire as well. Oh, absolutely. And, and I, I talk about it as a shopping event. It, it truly is a shopping event. But when people get to our gate, they wonder why there's an admission. And I just, it, we have to support the artists and yeah. this organization. So that's what I'm, I, I try and message to people. But it's definitely a great opportunity to shop in a unique way, not to mention you're at the foot of Mount Sunapee. 
and it's gorgeous. Um, there's great food. There's great entertainment. It's just a wonderful day. Um, and people should plan for a day. People often ask how many hours. It's like at least a full day, maybe two. And we have second-day tickets that are really reasonable, so people can come back if they forgot to get that one thing that they really loved but didn't get to purchase. And, and you say, uh, you know, as has been true for uh, probably all 89 years of, of, of the event, that you have uh, a lot of exhibitions throughout the week. Yeah, we yeah. do. We, so we invite guilds from th- throughout New Hampshire um, and organizations to come and demonstrate their work, um, which is really exciting. And then, of course, we have the Art, Craft, and Design Exhibition right in the center of the of the event, and that's featuring very special work that's created by our members. That's an a- award event, so people can put their pieces in the exhibitions. And we have some judges, and they come through, and they pick the, the winners for the various categories this year. Um, and we're su- we're supported by incredible donors who p- provide money and support for that event, which is lovely. So, how many craftsmen, uh, craftspeople? I, I guess maybe uh, you either word's fine. Yeah, uh, okay. <laughs> it's not gender specific. Okay, <laughs> I get that one all the time. Well, well, how many will will be at uh, at this year's event? So we have 185 booth holders, mm-hmm. and in total, throughout the other events, we have the shop at the fair, which which is um, a cooperative based sales um, event. But basically, the work of over 300 people. 300. Which is amazing. Yeah. It is. It, it, it really, truly is. You're going to see some things that you will not believe. And, uh, you know, the, the work, the, the detail work on, on these items is just uh, just mind-boggling, really. Yeah. It's, I, you know, I've been in this business a long time, and I'm, I'm delighted every time I come to this fair or, frankly, any other arts event at the creativity, especially in the state of New Hampshire. There's so many talented people in a very small state. We're very fortunate. Yeah, so a, a great place, folks. It's I know it's only going to be August uh, when you when you go to the the 89th uh, League of New Hampshire Craftsmen's Fair at uh, Mount Sunapee, but you know you have a chance in early August to get all your Christmas shopping done, or at least most of it, right? Yeah, that's and, great. And I think people appreciate, you know, uh, a, a very special gift, a, a thoughtful gift. Uh, that uh, that you're able to get at uh, at this event. You know, Ken, I appreciate that. You often mention the Christmas shopping uh, yeah, I when do. I come to visit. I really uh, yeah. appreciate that. It's an important feature. Um, I want to say that we're grateful because there are many silver linings to COVID. You know, it's been a really challenging time. But for us, we learned that um, people were, were interested in supporting local, talented artists, keeping them thriving and getting them through this big event or called COVID. And uh, our galleries have benefited too. Miriam Carter is with us, and we have to take a quick break here on Kale and Company Live. Miriam is the executive director of the League of New Hampshire Craftsmen, and the 89th League of New Hampshire Craftsmen's Fair is set for August 6th through the 14th at the Mount Sunapee Resort in beautiful Newbury, New Hampshire. We'll be back with more Kale and Company Live. It's a Monday. Great to have you along with us. On WKXL, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM in the Capital Region, 101.9 FM in Manchester, and streaming everywhere around the clock at nhtalkradio.com. We will be right back. Welcome back. It is Kale and Company live here on WKXL and all of its platforms, which are many. 1450 AM, the signal that's been around for 76 years. Not quite as long as the League of New Hampshire Craftsman's <laughs> Fair. 
but getting there. And, of course, uh, 103.9 FM in the Capital Region, 101.9, our newest signal in the Manchester area and beyond, and nhtalkradio.com, where you can take us anywhere you go in the free world and uh, hear the great programming of WKXL around the clock. Miriam Carter is with us today, and we're so glad that she is. And uh, Miriam is the executive director of the League of New Hampshire Craftsmen, the 89th League of New Hampshire Craftsmen's Fair, set for August 6th through the 14th at the Mount Sunapee Resort in Newbury. And I know prior to that, if you want to get a jump on things, <laughs> there's a preview party, correct? There is on a Friday night. There's a preview party from 5.30 to 7.30 p.m. It's a ticketed event, so you can go to nhcrafts.org and buy a ticket. It's a great way to support the organization and also get a, a advanced viewing. Um, the Arts, Craft, and Design Exhibition right in the center of the fair is where um, we hold that event. And then the Shop at the Fair, which is a cooperative sales venue, will be open as well. The large tents are not open at on Friday night, but mm-hmm. there's plenty of opportunity to have some great food, some great wine, and to celebrate and support craft. Outstanding. And uh, you can get more information on that at uh, nh nhcrafts.org. And uh, check that out, the preview party on uh, August 5th at uh, 5.30 at the fairgrounds. So how do you get to be a juried artist? <laughs> so to become a member of the league, you have to go through a juring process. And that basically is a, um event that occurs. You know, you apply, your work is reviewed by the standards committee to make sure you're eligible and that we have a category for the kind of work you do. And then we have jurors who are actually master craftsmen who come in, two or three of them, and meet with the candidate. You have to provide about five to seven, some sometimes more pieces of your work to show um, the quality of the work, the technical expertise you have, as well as what we call the spare of the maker, which is the artist's voice. Uh, we don't want to have derivative work. We want to have original work. So seeing that spirit and that identity that says, oh, that's a Ken Kale um, bowl, you know, or whatever you're making, <laughs> You'll Ken. never find one of those. Uh. <laughs> um, then, then if you meet that criteria, you're, you're be, you can become a member and you have the benefits of uh, being able to sell your work at our seven fine craft galleries or participating in our two sales events the annual craftsman's fair the capital arts fest and and the galleries are something i wanted to touch on as well because uh there are galleries uh, around the state i mean your your purchasing of, of these items doesn't necessarily have to be limited to the craftsman's fair because you're open year-round uh we are so those are affiliated affiliated galleries and we're grateful um they're throughout the state they carry the work of our members and like our membership they're varied but the various owners and managers of the galleries have their own kind of personality so you may say see similar work um, but the atmosphere is different in each one of them so it's worth the tour through all of them and how many are there seven seven around the state you want me to give you the towns sure it's a test yeah <laughs> <laughs> hooks it um, we're at the uh, rest area going up on 93 yeah um, that's actually our we own that gallery and that's kind of the entry point to the league system because people it's a very small gallery and it shows a sampling of the work and then we talk a lot to people about the other places in the state we have one in downtown Nashua, downtown Concord, Littleton. Um, we have one in Meredith, New Hampshire, North Conway, and Sandwich. 
Outstanding. And and the one uh, in Hooksett in particular, I mean, uh, you know, when you stop at, at the rest area, you see license plates from literally all, literally all over the country. Absolutely. And I'm sure many are exposed to uh, some of the works of uh, New Hampshire craftspeople for the first time. Well, you know, it's interesting. That's so astute of you to notice that. It is the first time that they see it. And then they often follow up and go to galleries. And also, I think people think of the League of New Hampshire Craftsmen's annual fair as just being a New England event. But actually, we have um, people from throughout the country actually fly in. I speak annually to someone from South Carolina, New York City, Colorado, California. Um, it's a longstanding, well-respected event. And people make the trek, which we're grateful for. Well, it is an amazing event. Now, you do, I mean, we, it's the League of New Hampshire Craftsmen's Fair, but you do have some invited guests, true? We do. Yeah. We, we have some media category that um, were areas of craft that we don't have any um, members in. And we want to really represent craft as a um, whole entity. We really have a history in that. We were one, we're one of the oldest craft organizations in the country. So um, we had some spaces available years ago. We brought in some invited guests, people who are also juried into the show. And um, it adds a lot to the event to bring in new energy, new faces, new product. Um, so we're grateful that they join us. It, it is a, a, a unique event. I mean, one that's obviously been going on for a long time. The 89th coming up uh, in August, are, are there many similar events throughout the country, or is this uh, fairly unique? It is fairly unique because it runs for nine days, and it's yeah. limited to the membership and the invited guests that we invite. We um, are comparable to other quality shows throughout the country, but those shows are generally three or four days at the most. Yeah. So it's a it's a big opportunity. It's also a haul, I have to say, for artists. Nine days is a long run. I, sure. I used to have a booth and do the show, and I can attest that it's it's a workout, but it's also you know several shows at one time. So instead of going to three individual shows and setting right. up your booth, selling and breaking down your booth, um, you can do it all at once. You just have to be ready for the, the journey. Yeah, and uh, the other part of it, too, is with over you know, 20,000 people in, in attendance uh, per year. I mean, it's really uh, great for the economy of, of that area. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. The creative economy of New Hampshire really benefits um, uh, the, the state as a whole. And just to say, you know, we, we love the Courier. The Courier, last time I checked, you know, is somewhat over 60,000 people a year to their incredible museum. Um, we get 20,000 over nine days. So yeah. they do that over the course of a year. So it's an important event in the state. We're widely supported by the state. We par do a partnership with the Joint Professional, excuse me, Joint Promotional Program, the JPP program. Um, the state helps us do marketing um, with a matching program that they offer. And we're grateful for that support. And also, um, the opening day, we often see state dignitaries. I've invited the governor every year since I've been on board, and we have commissioners coming and uh, director of the Arts Council. So we, we celebrate this as an important event that benefits uh, the, the state as a whole. Yeah, and uh, it, it's for an entire, well, even longer than a week, really. And uh, it, it's, it's such an, you know, an economic driver for, for the state. But as, as you say, it, there's the 20,000 people that week, but it also uh, drives the economy really throughout the year. Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah. because we have those galleries throughout. And yeah. it, if you think, we have um, over 600 members, and those are all small businesses. Yeah. So, um, And, you know, the League was actually uh, formed back in 1932, but in the 50s, David Campbell, who was the executive director at that time, um, is known for bringing all the master craftsmen to New Hampshire, saying, come live here 
here will support you. And that's how the organization really began to grow. Um, so all those, all those businesses that are in existence today were informed by the past. And New Hampshire was a great place to come and work as an artist. Right, and such a, a beautiful location. Mm-hmm. And it's it's always just a little cooler in Newberry, right? <laughs> it that, is, yeah. 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 And yeah. also, people, I want people to recognize that this is not just a sunny day event. We actually have large circus-like tents. So if it's raining you, and you don't want to go to the beach, come on up and see us. And if you just want to get away and um, out of the sun, it's a great place to come. Rain or shine. Absolutely. Heat or cold. <laughs> you, you, you are We're going there. To, you're there through all kinds of, of weather. And uh, this year it's uh, set for August 6th through the 14th at the uh, Mount Sunapee Resort in Newbury. The countdown is underway. Thousands of people are going to be uh, flocking there. But uh, you know, we talked about the craftspeople and uh, someone who is uh, outstanding at, at his particular craft I know is going to be there uh, this year, and that's uh, uh, Jordan Tyrrell Wysocki. Oh, he who, is. Who is a, a fabulous <laughs> uh, musician. And, uh, you know, Jordan uh, plays plays the fiddle better than anyone I've ever heard. <laughs> I agree. Uh, and, and he is going to be there, what, two days, right? Yeah, so basically we're trying out um, having buskers there just for fun, so he'll be yeah. there the first uh, first and second Sunday. So we're excited to have him, and he's going to have his, uh, his friend joining him. So that'll be an event. That's not We don't have a stage. He'll be just uh, produ- performing live on the grounds, but we think it'll be great fun and a surprise to a lot of people. And, and busking. Yeah. Which is is a term that means a musician who is, uh, you know, uh, puts the hat down or whatever it is, or a suitcase or whatever, and uh, is is looking for your donations. Absolutely. So I, you know, I, I I also supported him with a little bit. Like we'll give you a little base pay just to get you up here. But um, I agree with you. I actually uh, thoroughly enjoy his performances. He's he's a master in his craft. So oh, he uh, he definitely is, and uh, certainly uh, worth the drive. To uh, Newbury to see uh, Jordan Terrell Wysocki and Matt, I believe, is that going is to be right. uh, going to be with him for two uh, two days, both Sundays of the League of New Hampshire Craftsmen's Fair, which starts on the sixth of August. So not too far away. Make your plans to be there. Miriam Carter is with us. She is the executive director of the League of New Hampshire Craftsmen. And glad to have her in studio today here at WKXL. Kale and Company Live will continue on this Monday. And if you if you missed the initial airing of this program, uh, you can check it out uh, at 7 o'clock tonight to hear all the uh, conversations uh, that we've had here on uh, WKXL and all of our platforms. We'll take a break and uh, be right back. Welcome back, Kale and Company Live. It's a Monday. Great to have you along with us. Miriam Carter is here on WKXL. Miriam's the executive director of the League of New Hampshire Craftsmen and the 89th League of New Hampshire Craftsmen's Fair coming up August 6th through the 14th. Mount Sunapee Resort in Newbury. Around 20,000 people from literally all over the country and maybe various parts of the world (laughs) are uh, going to be there as well, descending on uh, Mount Sunapee for uh, actually more than a week, the 6th through the 14th. And uh, it's the same time every year and always a terrific event. And it is, as Miriam pointed out, for the entire family from, oh, I don't know, 
three to ninety-three, <laughs> or, or or beyond, right? There's something, Absolutely. something for everyone, and and so many unique works of art. I mean, that is really what separates this from you know many other uh, you know fairs that you're going to attend, and uh, juried artists, uh, folks you can talk to, demonstrations going on uh, every day. And, and, and so many things to see and do, as Miriam said. Uh, many people stay for multiple days, and uh, you, you make the ticket prices advantageous to do that. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I also want to mention that uh, people think sometimes, oh, it's expensive. It's a league artist. Well, our prices range from ten to, to $10,000. It's, it's a really broad range. You just have to look, and you have to appreciate quality. And what I know is that a lot of people will be in awe of a certain expensive item in someone's booth that's been created. But if you look around the booth, you'll often find another piece that's less costly, and it's a great starting piece. Yeah. Um, a lot of people build collections that way. They just start with a smaller piece, fall in love with it, and then save up for the larger piece, um, yeah. if that's of interest to them. But it, there's certainly plenty of things to uh, buy that are reasonable in price, even though they're handmade. Um, we have really creative... Oh, Business-minded individuals working as craftspeople, so um, don't don't be afraid to look around and see what the range of prices are. Yeah, and, and tell us a little bit about the the variety of uh, of the items that that are on sale. So um, we have a lot of clay. We actually have a rich history in clay, more than most organizations. Um, so we have an incredible pottery collection mm-hmm. that goes from mugs to large-scale vases to wall pieces. Um, that's a really fun. Um, area of craft to explore. I think the league has some of the finest people in the country doing work in clay. Um, we have a lot of, actually this year, we we were not strong in wearable art, art or clothing. So yeah. some of our invited guests are are doing that. So you'll see a lot of that. So women who like to be dressed creatively have a great opportunity. Wow. Now, now, what are you talking about in terms of uh, you know what, what kind of clothing? Dresses, yeah. uh, great coats, jackets, felted items. So wow. what's curious coming through the pandemic, what we're seeing now with people coming to jury is actually a lot of wood turners and um, fiber artists. So we usually see a lot of jewelers. We've not seen that many jewelers. Trust me, we have a lot of jewelers in the League of New Hampshire Craftsmen, but for new members coming in, we've not seen that many. Uh, glass blowers, you can buy glasses to drink out of, as well as great glass sculptures. Um, broad range of, of outdoor art that you'll see in our outdoor exhibition. And then um, basically mediums that you won't even understand or recognize, <laughs> but it's a good opportunity. Um, and caustic is is a medium that people, uh, not a lot of people know about, but it's basically layering paint and wax and coming up with great artwork. Wow. So much to see. Well, it's it's always good to find out about uh, you know different uh, crafts that uh, are available out there, and uh, this is a, an education. I know it would be an education for me. You know, absolutely. Uh, yeah, yeah. We're five hundred one c three, and that's our you know that's our opportunity to um, meet that goal of being a five hundred one c three organization is education, education, education. So. And, and again, it's uh, you know an up close and personal event. I mean, you, you don't. You, you know, you can't go into one of these big box stores or any store in general and, and talk to the people who created the item that you're about to buy. Yeah, and yeah. At, at a time when people really are careful with money, I think we're going to see people investing wisely in a very special piece. So I think that'll be advantageous to our craftspeople, yeah. that people will come wanting to get something special 
you know, handmade versus mass produce. Uh, so we will certainly support that through our marketing and through our events. Just come and see what's special and uh, take it home with you. Yeah, and uh, in the past, I know there have been uh, demonstrations uh, aimed at uh, a younger audience. Or, or will that be true this time around? Yep, younger or, or any age, honestly. Yeah. We, if when possible, we want to encourage families to do things together. So there's yeah. some there's some great clay tile making opportunities as well as um, just ob- observing processes. My friend Steve Proctor will be there. He makes these five foot six foot clay vessels. So to watch him put those together is wow. amazing. Yeah. Um, our friend Harry is going to be doing also clay, but he uh, has a firing process that happens there so um, a lot to see a lot to experience and just you know have a lazy day you know in a beautiful place with beautiful art surrounding you yeah and uh, it is a beautiful setting without question at uh, at Mount Sunapee in, in Newberry and I would imagine that over the years uh, people attend this event and then they are inspired by what they see and, yep. and want to pursue, uh, you know, a, a craft of some kind. Absolutely, and that's our hope that they go take a lesson. Many of our galleries actually have educational programs, and there's wonderful education programs throughout the state. But yeah, we we want to inspire people to consider craft. Um, I'm a firm believer that everyone is creative. They start they start where they are, and you know, you have a great voice for radio, um, and but, a great face for one. Uh, absolutely, uh, for radio as but, well. um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think there's craft is a, a wonderful way to just to play and not have any rules about staying within the lines just you know experiencing it and i think any of the craftspeople i work with at the organization would tell you that they just love sharing what they do with people and encouraging them to give it a try do many of them do this for a living? Is it uh, oh, good question. Is it a a vocation as well as an avocation? Uh, yeah, it is both. So yeah. there's many who are professional craftspeople. Um, there's a small group of individuals in our membership that do national shows. There's more that do New England shows. And for most people, it's um, a full-time event, although we have plenty of retired folks who've been waiting all their working career to finally get to the point where yeah. they could become craftsmen. And that's when people get into the league, we all always celebrate. I think we actually need to get a bell and ring it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we welcome people because for many of them, it's a dream or it's aspiration. So it's, you know, uh, there's a lot to be said if you're a member of the league. It speaks to the fact that you've reached the uh, level of technical proficiency that um, we stand for. Um, our byline is standard of excellence. So um, getting into it and being able to work in the field and taking advantage of what the membership offers is is uh, of interest to many people. Yeah, and uh, is it uh, mainly the the same artists, the artisans who, who come back year after year to this event? So there's a lot of people who just put it on their calendar, and and it's their big event for many years for yeah. craftsmen in the state of New Hampshire and members of the league. It was the only event they had to do, which was in the heyday of craft in the 80s and early 90s. That was quite a gift. Um, that the market has changed a little bit as everything changes, you know, but. Um, a good majority of them are uh, professional, um, year-round employed um, artists, and others do it as a hobby or part-time and just enjoy the opportunity to be able to sell their work and have it celebrated through our events. And uh, I, I did see uh, on, on your website that the league uh, also has uh, an educational outreach program. Yeah, so that's so exciting. We finally were able to find the right person for that. Rachel Montroy has joined us, and we're doing a lot more now with um, education with kids. We did that. We've done it for years. Um, 
but there's a change in in the marketplace as far as um, people taking classes about four or five years ago. So we basically have been waiting to fill this position. We've, we're creating a video series with the New Hampshire Humanities, and it's celebrating um, 10 uh, members' work. It's called Craft Stories. So that will be distributed to uh, high schools and colleges with curriculum to talk about craft. I think it's important that we share the history of the league and create pathways to the league for our young people. Now, is your educational program a, a live experience, a in-person experience, or online? So it's all live. So basically yeah. what we're doing is setting up our uh, members with schools um, for mentoring programs, whether it's with a large group, you know, teaching a several-day class, one-day class, or setting up mentorships. Um, so we're doing a great job, I think, of connecting our experienced artists with people who want to learn of any age a craft. So if someone gets go through our jury process and doesn't, quite have all the um, boxes checked off for acceptance, we encourage them to um, connect with one of our members, which will help them with, and to be mentored so that they can um, then become a full-fledged member. And I can happily report we started that program last, that's last fall, excuse me, and this spring we had several people who had gone through that process and became full members. Wow, that that is terrific. Yeah, it's exciting. Well, it's a, a great event coming up, and uh, one of the... Uh, Events that people circle on their calendars for the uh, for the summer in New Hampshire, and it's the League of New Hampshire Craftsmen's Fair. It's the 89th League of New Hampshire Craftsmen's Fair coming up at the Mount Sunapee Resort in Newbury, August 6th through the 14th. And uh, Miriam Carter, I want to thank you for being with us today. Thank you. It's we such a pleasure. Really appreciate it. And uh, we will look for you at, uh, at Mount Sunapee. I look forward to that. See you there. Thanks, Miriam. Thank you. Kale and Company Live continues right after these words on WKXL and NHTalkRadio.com. So don't you dare go away. It is Kale and Company Live here on WKXL. It's a Monday. Thanks for being with us, and thanks again to uh, Miriam Carter for joining us on this Monday morning. And if you want more information about the 89th League of New Hampshire Craftsman's Fair, you can uh, get that at nhcrafts.org, N-H-C-R-A-F-T-S dot org. And the event is August 6th through the 14th at the Mount Sunapee Resort in Newbury. A couple of things to uh, touch on in the uh, world of sports. If you were watching the uh, NASCAR Cup Series race from Pocono Raceway yesterday in Long Pond, Pennsylvania, uh, you, you came away with the knowledge that uh, Denny Hamlin won his third race of the season. And then a couple hours later, we found out that uh, his number 11 and the number 18 car driven by Kyle Busch, both belonging to Joe Gibbs Racing, the first and second place finishers of yesterday's race, were disqualified by NASCAR. I mean, this is truly unprecedented in the history of the NASCAR Cup Series that uh, the first and second place finishers were both disqualified. Uh, initially, uh, Denny Hamlin sailed the victory from the pole position for his third win of the year, or so it appeared, with Kyle Busch right behind him in the number 18. The ruling uh, 
after post-race inspection meant that Chase Elliott, who was third, was declared the official winner of the M&M's Fan Appreciation 400. And uh, Tyler Reddick uh, moved up uh, to second place. Daniel Suarez third. Christopher Bell, who won the uh, race at Loudoun last week, wound up fourth, followed by Kyle Larson, Michael McDowell, Martin Truex Jr., Bubba Wallace, Eric Jones, and Austin Dillon. That rounded out the top ten. Now, uh, NASCAR Series Managing Director Brad Moran announced the front fascia on both Joe Gibbs Racing entries was the source of the issue uh, leading to their disqualification. Uh, According to Moran, and I quote here, there were some issues discovered that affect uh, aero of the vehicle. The part was the front fascia, and there really was no reason why there was some material that was somewhere it shouldn't have been, and that does basically come down to a DQ, and not a Dairy Queen, a disqualification. Uh, Moran confirmed both vehicles were loaded into a NASCAR hauler and taken back to the sanctioning body's R&D center for further evaluation. Now, Joe Gibbs Racing will have the opportunity to appeal the penalty. Uh, They have to do it by noontime today, July the 25th. And Joe Gibbs said in a statement, We were shocked to learn of the infraction that caused our two cars to fail NASCAR's post-race technical inspection. We plan to review every part of the process that led to the situation, end quote. So truly an unprecedented situation in NASCAR And they're going to go to uh, the Indianapolis uh, Motor Speedway uh, next Sunday or this coming Sunday for their road course event. And they hope to have it uh, all taken care of by that time. So uh, it appeared as if Denny Hamlin won his third race of the year to put him in great position for the playoffs. And Kyle Busch was second. Both, both disqualified. I don't think that has ever happened uh, in the history of NASCAR. So uh, truly an unprecedented event. Now, that's one item in sports. I don't think we'll dwell on the Red Sox because uh, they had truly an unspeakable weekend against the Toronto Blue Jays at Fenway Park, where the Red Sox lost their first game on Friday of the series, coming back from the All-Star break, losing 28-5 to on Friday night to the Blue Jays. Red Sox were swept over the weekend by Toronto, and the Red Sox have still yet to win a series against a divisional opponent this season. And things right now looking very bleak for the Boston Red Sox as the trading deadline approaches that trading deadline is August the 2nd. Will the Red Sox be buyers? Will they be sellers? Right now, it looks like they will be the latter and uh, maybe selling off uh, some players to other teams for prospects. Uh, right now, they have uh, you know J.D. Martinez on the final year of his deal. 
There may be a team in uh, Major League Baseball that is looking for a designated hitter. J.D. Martinez might be dangled by the Red Sox. Nathan Avaldi, who has been up and down uh, this season, up, down, injured, uh, pretty much a typical Nathan Avaldi season. He's in the final year of his contract. He could be easily dealt uh, by the Boston Red Sox. Xander Bogarts is in the final year of his contract. I don't foresee that he will be traded by the Red Sox uh, to another organization, but I don't think anything's off the table right now completely. Uh, I mean, this team has uh, underachieved, underperformed all season long pretty much except for a stretch uh, in June, but it's been a very, very disappointing season for the Boston Red Sox. It was not a disappointing season uh, for the Boston Celtics. Uh, I know that, uh, you know, they, they had the opportunity uh, in the championship series to, to win it. Uh, Golden State prevailed. Uh, I truly believe the Celtics were the better team of the two. But uh, I think it comes down to the fact that the Celtics turned the ball over too much in key situations. Uh, Jason Tatum, frankly, was not Jason Tatum for the NBA championship series. But nonetheless, uh, the Celtics uh, had a, a great season by most standards and uh, looked to be pretty solid in the future, made a couple of uh, pretty good deals in the offseason already. And now, this news breaking early this morning, Monday, July the 25th, from Adrian Wojnarowski. The senior NBA insider for ESPN, as he has been for a long time. And I will will read you what uh, this article has to say. As Brooklyn Nets star Kevin Durant's trade request approaches a fourth week, the Boston Celtics have emerged among teams engaged in talks on a possible deal. The Celtics appear... Uh, No closer to acquiring Durant than others in discussions with the Nets, but Boston's ability to include all-star forward Jalen Brown as a centerpiece in offers does help make the team formidable or formidable in its pursuit, according to sources. Jalen Brown apparently being dangled, and uh, for my money, you can throw in Marcus Smart, too. Addition by subtraction for the Celtics, in my opinion. But Kevin Durant is still out there, 34 years old. And uh, I tell you what, I I would like to see Kevin Durant come to the Boston Celtics uh, to join forces with uh, Jason Tatum and company. The Miami Heat, Phoenix Suns, and Toronto Raptors have been well-known to have uh, varying degrees of interest in Durant, but the Celtics have also been in regular contact with the Nets, according to sources. There are no deals believed to have traction for Durant, and no team has yet to reach the significant threshold that the Nets have set to trade one of the league's most talented players. The Nets' posture on a potential trade has been largely unchanged. They want a massive return, That potentially includes multiple unprotected first-round draft picks and uh, impactful players for Durant. And why not? The Celtics, by the way, do consider all-star forward Jason Tatum off-limits in any 
trade talks. But Boston is able to construct a package for Durant that could include Brown and as many as three unprotected first-round draft picks, 2025, 2027, and 2029, and two pick swaps for 2024 and 2026. Brown is 25, has two years left, and 20, and 56 million uh, left on his current contract. 28 million dollars a year for Jalen Brown, and two years left on his contract. He has been seen uh, recently uh, with uh, a man that uh, he hired and uh, for to be his agent, uh, hanging around uh, with. Uh, his his agent and and photographed socializing with Kyrie Irving of all people, who is still technically a member of the Brooklyn Nets. So there you go. So interesting stories coming out of NASCAR and the NBA, and we thank once again for joining us today, Miriam Carter. Executive Director of the League of New Hampshire Craftsmen. Thanks to Miriam, the Craftsman's Fair coming up August 6th through the 14th at Mount Sunapee Resort in Newbury. Dan Weed will join us tomorrow for all your automotive needs. Thanks for joining us today on Kale & Company Live. If you missed it, join us at 7 o'clock tonight and you'll hear the entire program once again here on WKXL. Have a great Monday, everybody.